0: If this episode is triggering, please contact Lifeline at 13 11 14. That's 13
1: 11 14. People just, you know, genuinely think, well, you're cured, you're better, you can move on. Why are you still sad? Why can't you get out of bed? Why won't you leave the house? You know, you've been given this second chance at life, like you should be completely joyous. And it's just not that easy
0: Earlier this year, I spoke with police officer Kate Elizabeth. This year, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. But guess what? She survived cancer. She beat cancer's ass. But how does one be a cancer survivor? Do you then have to always live life to the fullest because you're lucky to be alive? Are there any side effects from all the intensive treatments and surgeries you had? Do you still need to then go to hospital and continue seeing doctors if the cancer is supposedly gone? And how do you not be in constant fear thinking the cancer is back if your body all of a sudden is starting to act abnormal? Kate has been very open about post-cancer life, in particular about early menopause. Before cancer, Kate didn't know anything about medical menopause, but when cancer was found in one of her lymph nodes she had to undergo radiotherapy and chemotherapy. And one of the side effects of radiotherapy is that it fries your ovaries and the lining of your uterus. This can possibly send your body into medical menopause. Kate has been very open about her experience dealing with medical menopause. But what exactly is it and why isn't it spoken about enough? This is Kate Elizabeth's thoughts on life after cancer.
1: It's not talked about. Generally speaking, we don't talk about menopause. I don't think enough, anyway. It's still very like hush hush and like cloak and dagger sort of, you know, like oh we'll just we'll just deal with it. It's women women's business kind of thing. We just we just deal with it as our ourselves and and don't really talk about it. And then we kind of like emerge as these like beautiful, wise, grey old butterflies from the chrysalis. But you know, it's like the more that I'm sort of talking about it on my social media and talking to other women about it it's not that uncommon and obviously in cancer circles it's really common for women to go through medical menopause and um it's really full-on on the body and on the mind more than anything I've found myself.
0: So what are some effects that you notice then that is a sign that you could be going through early menopause?
1: So for me myself I have noticed the hot flushes Um, and the night sweats are really bad, so I'm getting probably half a dozen a night, so waking up um, sort of starts in like my back and then it spreads up through my chest, up through my neck and then to my head, and I have to basically get up out of... I can't even lie in bed. I have to get up out of bed and and walk around or splash some water on my face or something. The mood swings, I've noticed, are really bad, and I don't know whether that's just a cumulative effect of... everything that's been going on or it's because of this but like my my moods my anxiety my mental health is just like I feel like I'm manic like I have these really good days and I feel really amazing and um you know like I'm okay or it's probably a good like hour or two and then I just crash and I spiral downwards and it's really um it's really exhausting I guess to to keep on that also, um, lack of sex drive. Again, I don't know whether that's anything to do with um, the type of surgery that I had. Removal of my cervix doesn't exactly make for, you know, great, um, you know, bedroom <laughs> conversation or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hit home. It's, it's really hit hard in, in that aspect. And my poor wife has been very understanding and really beautiful in that respect. But, yeah, the, the sex drive... Um, has definitely taken a nosedive amongst everything else that we're dealing with. And then I've been finding that I'm also getting a lot of brain fog, which they also call chemo brain, so it could just be a carryover effect of that again, but it's like my brain and my mouth aren't communicating properly and I can't think of words and names and faces aren't falling into place. and. It took me like 25 minutes to do like the world's easiest Sudoku the other day, and I was almost in tears. But you know that apparently that's just all part of the joy of of um, menopause.
0: All that fun of being a woman,
1: hey? Yeah, exactly. It's like a triple whammy of like, okay, you got cancer. That sucks. I'm sorry, but we'll, we'll fix that. Um, that will also make you infertile, so you won't be able to have any babies, so I'm really sorry about that. And then on top of that, you're also going to go through early medical menopause, so deal with that and see how you go.
0: <laughs> oh. Good luck. Good luck. So you see how you go with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, Mm. exactly. It's just not fair, is it? It just really is not fair. What Uh, has it been like you hear from a lot of people now, congratulations, you know, you're cancer-free. What is it like hearing people be happy for you, but you're still still suffering because you're dealing with now early menopause?
1: Like, it really it probably won't ever end. Like this is going to be, they call it the new normal, you know, after you get a cancer diagnosis and then you go through treatment, you know, you might come out the other end with a clear bill of health, but you're never the same. And the way that cancer works and a lot of, I mean, people don't know this, I didn't know this, but you're not deemed cancer-free until five years without cancer. Oh, really? And you have to get tested. Yeah, you have to get tests every three months. Well, I sorry, I have to get tests every three months for five years and then every six months for 10 years until the doctors will finally tell me that you're cancer-free. And mind you, the majority of those tests are um, pumping you full of radiation um, and obviously other, you know, drugs and, and everything else. So those tests themselves increase the rate that you, that you um, will get The likelihood of you getting a secondary cancer as well so you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't but the you know the world doesn't stop spinning so people move on with their lives and you know if you're not in active treatment you're not sitting there getting chemo or you know complaining about radiotherapy as i was doing people just genuinely think well you're cured you're better you can move on why are you still sad why can't you get out of bed why won't you leave the house You know, you've been given this second chance at life, like you should be completely joyous and it's just not that easy because my psychologist, and I'm not going to shy away from saying that because I've started seeing someone to help me through all this, which I think everybody should, she said to me last week that it's like, you've got to get used to the fact that you're, that this, it's like a grieving for the life that you had and it's like a death because it's the death of your dreams and it's the death of the life that you thought you were going to have and the life that you wanted for yourself. And that was just so true and it was just a punch in the face because that's exactly what it is. It feels like it's you're grieving for this life that you used to have and that's not a simple fix and doctors can't fix that and, you know psychologists try but they can't always fix that either it's just a really really long process and i think that people that haven't had to go through a chronic illness or um even you know a a death or something that it's it is time that fixes it but it never really goes away and um i guess it is it's silly but it is just time and i just take the good Hours when they come, and I really try and embrace those and enjoy those. But I, I guess I, ha- I embrace the bad, the bad hours as well, and I just have to ride the wave and hope that, you know, I can um, feel better the next day.
0: Do you ever feel guilty then when you have those really bad days, like you can't get out of bed and because you're not, you know, living your best life because you got given a second chance and all that?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. I was like nodding my head insanely. Yes. It is just <laughs> like I I am wracked with guilt when I have a bad moment because so many people have it so much worse off than me. And in the in the cancer world, I think I said this to you in my last podcast, but in the cancer world, I was really lucky and I'm still really lucky. In the healthy world, I got given a shit hand, but in the cancer world, like I am, you, you want the cancer that I had, like you pray for the, the diagnosis that I got. So I am so fucking lucky and I shouldn't be wallowing in self pity and I know that and my rational brain knows that. But it's like, it's like when you get a really bad bout of PMS, oh, this, for me, I should, I'm not going to. Generalized, but mm-hmm. for me, and it's like my my rational brain. It's like you rise above yourself, and it's like you're looking down on yourself. My rational brain is going, Kate, don't say that, don't do that, don't think that, Kate, you're okay, you're you're living, you're alive, you know, get up. But I, it's like you can't. And you like you've got PMS, and you're just like, it's like you just can't stop it. It's like you you're you're. you're inhabited by something other than yourself you know and you just you 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 can't rationalize yourself and I do I feel really really guilty about it because i I really I got the best possible I think you know one of the best possible outcomes despite the infertility and you know the menopause and stuff i'm I'm here and I'm alive and mm. I'm mostly healthy and I should be grateful for that and in my in my good days on my good days I I remember that and I realised that, but on my bad days, I just can't help but get into, like, the why me's and, you know, what did I do to deserve this and blah, 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 and all the self-pity that goes with that. But, yeah, I short answer, sorry, I do get The guilt's
0: really bad about it. Yeah, well, you're only human, and the thing is, there's no ideal or perfect way to be someone post cancer life. You know, there's no perfect post cancer life. You know, you're not meant to wake up every morning and be like, "Oh, I survived cancer! I'm gonna jump out of an airplane today! Well, I'm gonna do this big amazing thing today!" Like, you're human. You're gonna have days. You're gonna just want to stay in bed and just watch movies yep. and just feel sad and that's normal and that's okay. And I think it's really great that you're so yeah. open about that. I think that's so great that you're so open yeah. about that.
1: Well, I'm trying to be because it's just it seems that we we're all, you know, there's so many women we're all going through such, you know, and 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 such big changes and whether that's cancer or, you know, like endometriosis or, you know, like we we go through these problems in our life and it just seems like we either to ourselves, we downplay them because we just think, oh, well, it's just. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. It's just our lot in life to have shitty periods, or um, you know, endometriosis, or you know, bleeding after sex, or like all this stuff. We go through all this stuff, and we 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 you downplay it, or the medical profession downplays it as well. You know, like menopause. I so, was like, that's just the change. You'll be fine. You know, a bit of <laughs> bit of hot flushing, or you know, a bit of a mood swing, or whatever. It's like, no, this this shit is really hard and mm. we're all going through it, but we're not talking to each other enough about it. And I think if if maybe, you know, you can see someone who's open about it and going through it or, you know, who was late for their pap smear and then, you know, went for it and they got cervical cancer and maybe it spurs you into action and and it changes something for someone else and a bit of positivity or, Something, something good comes out of something shit from me. Then I guess it's it's been worthwhile. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I just, I'm just like, I'm just muddling through and and hoping that it kind of makes sense at the end of it.
0: I've seen the messages that you've posted up about people that you've already inspired to get those bloody pap smears and also uh, just be more open about, as you said, just like any type of women's issues that we are not allowed to say that is shit. We're not allowed to say I'm yeah. feeling shit and what I have right now is shit. <laughs>
1: exactly. And it's just you know and don't be ashamed of okay yeah I was I was 12 months overdue I was speaking to a girl last week who has never had a pap smear who's in her 30s and women that are in their 40s and 50s who think they're going through menopause but you know they're not getting pap smears either and it's like no just go and go and get it done it's it's 2 5 minutes worth of, of being a little bit embarrassed or a little bit uncomfortable but Yeah, it's so much better than cancer, it's so much better than chemotherapy, and it's so much better than what I'm going through now because this sucks. But I do feel like there's a little bit of a movement, a bit of groundswell with girls and women taking their health into their own hands and pushing for answers when... They're being, you know, shut down by medical professionals or whatever, and they're they're pushing and they're being their own advocates. And I think that that's all that's all we can really do for ourselves. And you know that the thing was that when I was told about the surgery that I was going to have to have to remove my cancer, it was called a trachelectomy. And my parents are both nurses, long-time nurses, and they had never heard of this surgery before. I spoke to my GP who had to Google what the surgery was. Wow. Um, there's all these, uh, yet no one knew. And it's not, it's not like a, a brown, a groundbreaking surgery or anything, but I hashtagged trachelectomy. Like I went into Instagram and I hashtag trachelectomy and searched the hashtag. And that is how I connected with other women who had had this done. And was able to get real life, real time information about these women and their lives before and after, and their coping mechanisms and their side effects and and everything just from social media. And I thought this, is, and I was literally going into the surgery, and I'm sitting in the waiting room, googling trachelect, well, hashtagging trachelectomy. And I just thought this has to be, there has to be more like we you know, social media is such a powerful tool when used the right way. And um, I did the same thing the other day with medical menopause. So I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm going through this and it's driving me crazy and I don't know anything about it. No one's giving me any information and the doctors are just saying, oh, well, we'll just wait and see how many hot flushes you get and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, fuck it, I'll hashtag it. And in the entire Instagram community, there's like 380 hashtags. The medical menopause. Wow. And I was like, this is, it's just, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you hashtag Kim Kardashian, I don't know how many billions of hashtags <laughs> there would be, but, you know, like something that we're menopause that we're all going to go through, half the population is guaranteed to go through menopause. And I'm sure a like a huge majority of that would be medical or, or early or surgical menopause. And there's 380-something hashtags from it. And it just blows my mind that we're so silent about something that's so prevalent mm. so I guess me just being the loudmouth um social media uh, person I don't know I just thought bugger it I'm just gonna start talking about it as I have with everything else and it helps me hope, as much as it as it helps other people so it's um it's purely it's mostly selfish on my part because because I like to speak to other women that are going through what I'm going through and get information and swap stories. But I think it also hopefully helps um, other people as well.
0: My interview with Kate Elizabeth will be back in your ears in just a moment. But firstly, I want to talk to you about a particular event the Nasty Woman Club is sponsoring. This October, Cravy Girl Markets will be having its first market day. These markets are for new and pre-loved plus-size fashion, everything from casual wear to bridal wear in sizes 12 to 30. It'll be happening on Saturday, 19th of October, 2 to 6 p.m. at Paddington Hall. There are over 50 stores that are inclusive of all curvy sizes. For more information, make sure you head to Curvy Girl Markets on Facebook. That's Curvy Girl Markets. Now back to my chat with Kate
1: Elizabeth. I am a I'm a pretty open book when it comes to like my mental health, and I suffer with anxiety. Um, being a police officer as well, I'm very aware of the world of PTSD and how that affects people. And I don't think that there's enough uh, understanding of the fact that cancer or a chronic illness can lead to PTSD. Um, and you know, PTSD post surgery and medical procedures and I've had a lot of women who've messaged me or gotten in touch that say even even driving past a hospital or smelling like hand sanitizer or something just like sends them into a panic attack because it reminds them of getting chemo or whatever and mm. I can fully relate to that. Like just I you know just last night I found a lump that wasn't there a couple of days ago and I just absolutely went into a full-on downward spiral and, you know, even now with my rational brain, it's like, Kate, it's fine. It's, it won't be anything. You know, people get lumps and bumps all the time. But my irrational brain is even now just going, well, you've got cancer again. You're going to have to go through chemo again. You're, you're probably going to die. You know, this even now this is all still happening and, and every lump and bump or cough or cold or whatever from now, and probably until the rest of my life is always going to send me backwards into this spiral of, and there's just, you're just left to your own devices to deal with that. And our families have to deal with that with us. And the ripple effect of that is huge, but it's post-cancer life. And it's really, really hard. And I am dealing with it the best I can, but I'm still, I'm struggling hard and I have really bad days and really really dark days and really bad moments but I'm just hoping that it is just it's just a moment you know and it will pass eventually but yeah it's shitty I wish I could
0: give you a hug right now. I really want to give you a hug.
1: I wish I could give you a hug. I feel like our chats are like just a big like psychology counselling session for me where I just give you a massive download of all the (laughs) shit I've been dealing with and I'm sorry and I just, I just, it's like I just word vomit all the stuff that, (laughs) I live rurally and I don't get to speak to a lot of people during the day. Yeah. When I get to speak to another human, I'm just like, hear my story. Feel my
0: pain. That's all good. (sighs) Don't apologise. Don't apologise at all. Like, it's okay to just vent. I personally find venting is the best thing ever, just to just let it all out. Every conversation doesn't have to always end with, you know, it's going to be okay in the end. We're going to be positive. It's okay to just vent it out and just be like, you know what, what I'm dealing with yes. right now, it's shit. <laughs> it's shit.
1: Yes, yes. And that's yeah. the other thing too. If you're dealing with someone that has cancer or a chronic illness or is like going through the change or whatever, you don't have to fix them. There's no there's – no, um, you don't have to – find solutions or i'll help them and my poor wife bless her cotton socks she's a fixer so if i vent <laughs> to her she's like okay what are we going to do let me help you what can i and i'm like no doll just i just need to like bitch and cry and have you hold me and pat my head and tell me that we'll get through it and we don't know how it's going to work but you know we will we'll be okay it you don't have to fix everything and i think that that's venting is just like yes just get it all out it's so cathartic and you you exhausted by the end but it's kind of like a good exhaustion it's like mm. yes it's it's out of me now it's in the world and someone else can can deal with it I don't know but it's <laughs> like you don't have to fix you have to fix people where we know that we're broken and that we are we are difficult cases but just yeah let us Let us vent.
0: Yes, let us vent. That is that is a perfect way to definitely end this episode. Just let it let everyone (laughs) vent. Let everyone bitch and just it's it's okay to not be okay. That's that's I think I'm gonna finish it off. Yep. Yep. Thank you.
1: And I think that it's a perfect way to round it out. It's just Yeah. yeah, it's it's okay and Sometimes we're not okay and sometimes we are and we're just just rolling with those punches. So strap yourself in for the ride.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just take it. One day at a time. Some days are going to be great. Some days are not going to be so great. But you know what? Then that's okay. Thank you so much, Kate, for letting me speak to you again. I, I adore the amazing work you're doing on your social media page. I think it's just helping so many women out there. I really, really do.
1: Thank you, Demi, and thank you so much for letting me talk to you again. And you're just you're lovely and you're so much cheaper than my therapist. So I feel like I should be I should be paying you somehow. But I'm paying you in love and um, you're just you're you're wonderful and you're doing such great work. So I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Kate Elizabeth with her thoughts on life after cancer. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview for The Nasty Woman Club, the first episode of Season 2. For more information on Kate Elizabeth and her journey post-cancer, make sure you head to her Instagram page, The Blissful Thistle. I would also highly recommend you guys follow The Nasty Woman Club on Instagram and Facebook as well to stay up to date with all the latest events, news stories, and opinion pieces. And to stay up to date with the actual podcast itself... Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?